you know, the cabanas and concierge have become a pay to play model and they are on other cruise lines. And, you know, I'm I'm not sure I see anything wrong with that. Oh, geez. All right. Uh, hate mail can go to Samantha Canner at. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back everybody to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast, brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, we're going to the Tower Suite today once again. Once That's again, right. actually, we've only been in it once. We've talked to people who've been in it, but uh, <laughs> but the person who invited us in is our guest today. So let me start by welcoming Chris back to the show. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me back again, guys. Yeah, we love talking with you. Um, it was so nice, obviously, to get to hang out with you in person on the Wish on this most recent sailing of ours in April and. It's great to have you come back on the show. It's been a while. It has. It was nice. To, I, I met Brian once in person briefly for 10 minutes, but it's nice to spend some time with both of you guys on the sailing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we were. I think we were quickly introduced at uh, Wilderness Lodge. What's the name of that uh, cafe out back there that everyone? Oh, the Geyser loved? Point. Right? Geyser Point. Yes. Geyser Point. That's right. That's right. You know, I still have never been there. Well, there's so many places we haven't <laughs> been at Walt Disney World. Sam. I know there's too but, many places to eat. Right. Yeah. 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 But let's talk about let's talk about the Tower Suite. So, uh, so Chris, this was your first time in the Tower Suite, is that right? Yes, yeah, so it's our third time on the Wish and first time in the Tower Suite. So we've done the Royal Suites in the front of the ship, starboard and port, and now we've tried the Tower Suite. And so the ones that you tried previously, the, one of those is Princess Aurora themed, and one of them is Briar Rose themed. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, and tell us what's um, actually before we d- talk about that. Let's talk about how many times you've sailed Disney Cruise Line. For those who have not heard you on our show before, uh, your handle is, of course, Chris in the Concierge Lounge, which I think it describes you. You are a concierge cruiser on Disney Cruise Line, but you've also, of course, sailed on some other cruise lines. But tell us how many cruises have you been on on Disney, and what are some of your other cruising background? So this was number twenty-four on Disney, so we're one away from Pearl. Awesome. And we've done a Royal Caribbean, a Celebrity, and a couple of Carnival cruises a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And and we did, um, I, I know that you really enjoyed Celebrity. I think one of the reasons we started actually considering do we go back on Celebrity was from an episode we did with you a while back. <laughs> so, so yeah, we love Celebrity. And a, a month from today, I'll be on a Celebrity ship in Alaska. Awesome. That should be really, really nice. And we should also just step back and orient folks. So the Wish has several different categories of stateroom once you hit concierge. And so, Chris, you want to talk about the sort of beyond the the one and two bedroom rooms, they've got higher level suites. You want to talk about those for one second? So, yeah. So the front of the ship, you have the two royal suites that are two story. You have the tower suite in the tower, obviously, in the funnel. And then the back on the aft of the ship, there's also two royal suites that are single story, but two bedroom suites. And the royal suites only sleep five, which is weird. uh, the tower sleep did sleep eight. How many bedrooms are the the royal suites, the two story royal suites on the front of the ship that you've sailed on? They're just two. They're, they're two bedrooms. There's a bedroom upstairs, which is that pop out on deck twelve when you're up above up there, and then a sofa bed that converts into just a, a twin sofa bed, so it's for one person. So it sleeps five. Oh wow! Yeah. So basically, two different couples could sleep in the two different bedrooms, and then you could have one person sleeping in that living room. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so my son always gets the short end, always ends up with the worst sleep in accommodations. <laughs> so I, so next month in Alaska, it's his first graduation from high school. I said, you get first pick, your sister gets second pick. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and and to and to let our audience know, your kids are young adults. One is in college and one is soon to be in college. Is that right? Correct. One's 21 and one's 18. In fact, he just registered for Arizona State University this morning. He decided he's going there to be an engineer. Oh, oh congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, what, uh, so Chris, what prompted you to want to stay in the tower suite? Just a kind of bucket list item to say that you did it or did something attract you to it? So when I first heard rumors of this suite back before it was announced, I thought, how cool is that? To, you know, in the, you know, in the tunnel, that'd be super cool. And then the, you know, they announced it and it just seemed super cool. And then my daughter saw it and she was like, we have to stay in there. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of sealed the deal for it. And so it was just kind of a, it's a very unique experience. Yeah, for sure. And nothing, as we've heard, nothing special up front uh, for the concierge experience if you're in the tower. So you don't get different priority for booking things or added assistance through concierge. It's the same level of shoreside concierge that everyone else would experience if they were sailing in concierge. Is that right? Everything's exactly the same. The only difference is on the day you board the ship, I went to the concierge host and said, um, I have no idea where our room is or how to get there. And they said, don't worry, someone's going to take you there. So they take you there and they walk you through kind of showing you how everything works. You know, there's a private elevator to get there, there's a stairway to get there. Then they go through all the lighting controls and stuff like that. And they also do that in the Royal Suites to show you the lighting controls and stuff, but they actually walked us to the room. I think that is a great segue. Tell us, how do you get to the Tower Suite if you are one of those lucky cruisers who has booked it and is staying there? So there's two entrances. The, the entrance we use the most is that you go through a door on the side of the funnel on deck 11. And when you go into that door, it's a little entryway and you have to go up two flights of stairs or you can get in the elevator. It's two flights of stairs and it brings you to your door. There's also a private elevator, which goes down to deck 11 and goes down to deck 10. And deck 10, you come out in the hallway on the starboard side of the ship and you'd walk to the forward elevators. And, act- and actually, I think it's deck 12, right? I'm like, I'm, deck 12 is the upper pool deck. So yes, deck 12 on the side of the funnel. Yeah, I should describe this for folks because we've we've now experienced it. So you would walk down the hallway like you're going to any other room on deck 10. And I don't remember the room number across from it, your it's entrance. It's something like 95, I want to say 9562 or something around there. Right. And so you, you come up to that door and across from that door is just sort of a glass, small enclosed lobby for the tower suite. And... You can enter that lobby with your key card, I remember, your your you know, world card. And then there's a small elevator in there that will then take you up uh, the stops that Chris is suggesting. And at the highest stop, you get off and there's kind of the door to the uh, the tower suite that you have to use your key card to enter. Is that, am I describing it right? Yes. And every one of those little lobby areas, has funny because they have the little, what they have in any elevator telling you what, what's on what decks or whatever. So it's just, just for us, we have our own little guide to everything. And Did you have a private, I'm trying to remember, did you have a, I remember the deck plan, but did you also have one of the private boards? Like, did you have an electronic board with the happenings for the day or am I misremembering? No, no. It's just, just the, the board telling you what decks had what. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just the deck yeah. plan board. Now, interestingly enough, in order to get into that vestibule on deck 10, you had to have a key card. But in order to get into that vestibule on deck 12, if I'm remembering correctly, you didn't have to have a key card. Is that right, Chris? Am I remembering? Yeah. So anyone could walk into that on deck 12. Anyone could walk into that area. And a couple times I'd open the door to go in. There's somebody in there like looking around. And my wife actually, the, the elevator always went to deck 12. Somehow when she called, when she was on deck 14, pressed the button for the elevator, someone, somehow someone got on the elevator in deck 12 and came up to 14. <laughs> and they're like, 
confused. And my wife's like, this is a private elevator. Um, I could take you back down to 12. And they were really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they were looking for. You know, I wonder if they were just like, just, you know, trying to poke around the ship in general in guest areas, because it is still clearly a guest area rather than a crew area. But I, I wonder where they were trying to go. I mean, maybe they were looking for Paulo or Enchante or something. I don't know. My, my wife said they're an older couple and they were truly just lost, not not not, not nosing around. They were kind of confused where they were. <laughs> they probably thought they were at the regular elevators, but then confused that there's just this one elevator there. <laughs> I think they opened the door, saw an elevator and got on. <laughs> I do think it's it's a little odd that that door is is accessible to anyone that you don't need a a key card for the one on twelve. I mean, hey, and I thought I, I, I kind of was like, why didn't they have a key card for this? Then I soon realized that deck is used by a lot of crew, so they they would go in the door, and where I would either go up the stairs or kind of to the left to the elevator, they make an immediate hard left U turn to another door, and that's where a lot of photographers came out of, like with props when they're holding taking pictures. I saw some characters come out of there. So it's a use a lot crew area. Gotcha. So there's another door that's a, to a crew only yes. area. That makes sense then. You think they could put another door on the outside of the funnel though for them to use and then have a separate door. So that might've gotten value engineered. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, let's talk about first impressions of the room. Once you got led into the room and you got your tour, like what, what did you think? What were the first impressions of the stateroom? We were just like, wow, because it's like this, it just, you know, it kept going, you know, showed us, you know, here's the, this bedroom, here's this kitchen area, go upstairs, here's a bedroom, here's a bedroom. Oh, by the way, at the end of this hallway, there's another bedroom bedroom with bunk beds in it. There was five total bathrooms. That was just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> when it's it's two stories. So you come in on deck, was it 12 or 13? I'm, I'm getting 14. confused now. 14. 14. Deck 14. 14. You walk in. What's on the first floor, Chris? So you walk in and you have a uh, the spiral staircase that go upstairs, kind of the first thing you come to. And then as you go in, there's just a living room area with looks, you know, all those windows in the front of the funnel that you're looking out towards. Is it currents? The bar that's out there? Currents or signals? I can't so, remember. Yeah. What so called. you're looking out there and to the right is like a kitchen area, which is odd because in the rail suite, it's kind of just more of an open area with the kitchen. And to the, to the left, we called it the library room. That's what they called it. It had the trundle bed that came out of the wall, its own bathroom. And then when you go up the stairs, you get to the top of the stairs. To the left was the what we called the master, which is a little more defined master bedroom. But on the right, there's also a master bedroom. And then going back towards aft, there's the room with the bunk beds and another bathroom. And both master bedrooms had their own bathroom and their own master closets. Yeah. And then there was that powder room on the first floor as as uh, right the by door. the staircase, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just a half bath there. So when you say five bathrooms, four of those bathrooms or full have bathrooms. your full bathrooms with a shower, toilet, everything. Just It's only that powder room that's just the, a half bath, yes. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. You could have you know four people showering at once. <laughs> we did at one time. So that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Tell us, though, you said about the windows that faced outward towards, um, I think it's Signals Bar. It might be Currents on the Wish. I can't remember the name. I think, I think it is Signals now, as you said that. Yeah. Tell us, like, as far as. 
privacy went, how, you know, how that worked, because those are some quite large windows. So during the day, you really couldn't see in our in, into there at all. I, I looked several times from different decks and you really couldn't see in. In the evening, so the, 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 there was a keypad for the lights and it had daytime or evening mode. Evening mode, the lights were very dim. You'd have a hard time seeing in there. If you stood right in front of the window, you could, you know, could see, like I had a bag, shop, a Disney shopping bag sitting right by the window and I could kind of make it out. But, you know, I'm 52 years old now. I need bright light when I'm trying to read or do anything. So I, I like the daytime setting for the lights all the time. So I put it on that and you could see in a pretty good. So we took a picture actually. The host from Palo actually followed us back one night and she went above signals and mm-hmm. she took a picture of us standing in our in the windows of the room. Oh, and fun. we were about six feet back and you can make us out pretty good. So you, you can see in there. Mm-hmm. Now there are shades though, right? So if you yes, want there, privacy. Yes, yes, there's sunscreen that comes down and then full privacy. But I love daylight. I like light. I never had the privacy ones closed ever. We had the sheer the sheer ones closed in the afternoon on the one sunny day to try to keep it a little cooler. Yeah, I mean, unless you're, you know, walking around that living room area naked, you probably <laughs> (laughs) don't need the privacy shields down because there are so many bedrooms. You're probably not, you're probably not changing in that living room area that looks out to a a big portion of the ship. Yeah. One of the things that we know about the tower suite is there is no balcony. There is no veranda. I'm curious as to, I know we talked to you on board about this, but I'm curious uh, to have you, our listeners, what you thought about the fact that there is no veranda. I think it's horrible. That's I'll never stay in that room again just for that fact. I am a veranda person. I wake up six in the morning. I want to go out in the veranda, you know, just enjoy the sea air, sunshine. Not having it was just kind of painful for me. And it's kind of frustrating because I think they could have put a veranda on the second story and it, very easily. So I'm curious if they change something on the treasure. I'm curious though, Chris, let me ask you this. So that I th- I've said this, I think, in different spots, but after seeing it now, like I thought the biggest letdown was the view because you've mentioned it a few times. You're staring right at signals, right? right? Yeah, the, the, the view is not, th- not that great. I envisioned as we were going to be in this suite that like I'd be looking straight out in front of the ocean. I, you know, like I, I, I should have known better because I've been on the ship twice already, but I never really, I kind of did pay attention to the funnel or the suite the previous two times because I wanted to kind of just wait till it got on. But yeah, as soon as you're sitting in that living room going, yeah, there's not much of a view here. There's like people watching and then our weather was so bad the first two days, there wasn't many people out there. Well, I'm just curious with that view now that you've seen it, would you still want a deck? Would you still want to be sitting out there with that, with that view or would you want them to rethink how they've configured the suite so you get more of like an ocean view off of the deck? I would love a deck on the side of the funnel somehow. To me, and that wouldn't be that intrusive for the sight line to the ship. Mm-hmm. But I would take one that face forward too. Just anything would be better than nothing. I think we should talk a little bit about what, if any, benefits you get from the li- from living, from staying in the, the tower suite. Um, I'm sure there are people who would love to live in the tower suite. But <laughs> You know, what are the kinds of things that you can get that are either different or similar to if you're staying in one of the other suites on board one of a Disney ship? So it's all everything's the same as being one of the royal suites. So the only real big perk is you can get Palo um, room service for brunch or dinner. That's about the mm-hmm. biggest thing. Can you also get Enchante dinner? I believe you can. I've never asked for it, but I believe you can. Yeah. Well, we know you're a steak guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's a published perk. I think that's a published perk is Enchante dinner. But yeah, Chris is going to go to Palo every time. But you you actually went to Palo for your meals this time. You didn't have it delivered into this the stateroom. And I thought you had an interesting 
comment on on that from your from your son, I think it was, right? Yeah. So my son finally t- he just turned 18 a month ago. So he's able to go to Powell in person. Cause we always used to always get in the room one night so he could enjoy it. And before my daughter was 18, so she could enjoy it. And we went to Powell dinner. He loved it. And we were talking about getting in the room the last night. And he's like, no, I want the, you know, I want it fresh. The bread's so much better when it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, I would have never really thought about that, though. because So Brian and I have never stayed in a royal suite. So ordering Paulo to the room has never been an option. You know, although I, I honestly think that our son would would also like the the food from Paulo. So it, it's something that I would think about doing if, if we were staying in a royal suite. But I would never have thought about the, the difference in the temperature. But it is a much longer walk to walk to somebody's stateroom than to your table inside Palo. So I think that's an interesting observation. And they do a really good job with it. They they will bring you your courses, you know, each course at a time. And I'm usually like, just bring everything at once. Don't worry about it. I'm trying to make it easier for them. But so the bread thing is usually lacking because it cools off so quick. But usually the the, meal, the hot meals are usually hot and they're good. And they, they do a good job with it. But obviously it's a little better when you're 20 feet from the kitchen. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode Now, is there any, you know, difference as far as your ability to, let's say, book a cabana on Castaway if you're staying in, you know, either a tower suite, royal suite, anything like that? You know, we we don't have any insight or inside information on this. My our guess is that there isn't. But I'm curious as to what your success rate has been as far as getting cabanas on Castaway for uh, when you're staying in a tower or um, or the one of the royals. So I always send my email, um, you know, at midnight Eastern time. So California, I'm lucky it's nine o'clock. So I always send my email right at nine o'clock and I've always gotten the cabana. So I would think they would hold one back for the Royal Suites, but who knows? It's Disney. <laughs> I know if it was Celebrity or Royal Caribbean or something, I'd say, yeah, they, they would probably tell you they do, right? But no. So yeah, I've had good luck. I've got to believe that in the booking priority, while they say that it is based on time, that there's got to be a nudge for people, at least in the Tower Suite, uh, to move to the head of the line for that kind of thing. I just I, I could not imagine spending the kind of money that it would take to sail on the Tower Suite and requesting a cabana and being told you didn't get one. So um, I, I 
yeah, I would not want to be on the other end of Shoreside Concierge for that phone call. <laughs> yeah, and I have no insight to it. And this, you know, I feel like if you're spending that kind of money, because in, in your oil on any, you know, all the Disney ships, you're paying more than twice as much. I think you should get some priorities, but that's me because I booked the Royal Suite a lot. So there's someone, someone listening to the episode with a, with a, you know, one bedroom or something else going, no, that's not fair, but. Yeah, no, I, listen, we book one bedrooms or even family rooms uh, when we do book concierge. And I will say, I think it's totally fair that someone who has a higher level room than me should be ahead of me in line for a cabana. I actually don't, I don't have any problem with that. I, I think it's, you know, the cabanas and concierge have become a pay to play model and they are on other cruise lines and you know i'm i'm not sure i see anything wrong with that oh geez all right uh hate mail can go to samantha canner at um yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the cabanos are always you know a hot debate topic especially like on the you know, on the facebook cruise groups right the platinum people are mad they didn't get a you know there's none left and it's like people forget the cabanos were built as a perk for concierge like in 2008 or 2009 i don't remember and at one time i think it was talked about they're going to be given to concierge, not any, not even charged for them. Oh, interesting. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So, so that's what I was told like in 2009, I think, when the first time we we hadn't sailed in several years, uh, we, we were waiting for my son to get older at the time. I was talking to Shoreside and they said, you know, can we book this? And I'm like, do you want a cabana? I'm like, there's cabanas. And I got kind of a little story about the cabanas at that oh, time. Interesting. And then a young up and coming executive named Bob Chapek got involved. <laughs> we, don't, we don't give away anything for free. Um, <laughs> and I see they just raised the prices of it was almost $200, I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I was going to ask you about that, Chris, since we have you, I wanted to get kind of some of your feedback generally on the experience with the, the tower suite, but also sort of concierge. But l- let's stick with the tower suite for one more second. Um, beyond the balcony issue that you identified, Chris, like what's your overall impression tower suite versus the other suites on board? Let's just start with the wish. If you were going to book another uh, sailing on the wish, would you look at the tower suite or are you going back to the royal suites or something else? The only way I look back, if I look at the tower suite again, if we were like taking taking multiple extra people with us, like my kids were taking friends because you have extra bedrooms. Otherwise, I'm just going back to one of the two-story Royal Suites. Now, what about... So so it sounds like on the Wish, Royal Suites win over the Tower Suite for, for you. I just want to ask, you've sailed on the Royal Suites, I think on most of, if not all of the other ships in the fleet. Who's got the best Royal Suite out there? Is it the two-story one on the, the Wish or do you prefer one of the other versions of it on one of the other ships? So I've been in all the Royal Suites, all the ships, and it's just my wife and I, the Royal Suites on the Wish, hands down, then Dream Fantasy, then the Classic Ships, because the deck is horrible on those. But as a family of four, the Classic Ship Royal Royal Suites have been so nice because the second bedroom has two full beds. So they each have their own bed, they have a bathroom they they share, and they have a closet. So I, I... on the wish, I wish they would have made three bedrooms in the royal suite, or at least the second bedroom put not a queen bed in it, so make it so for families. You know, brothers and sisters don't want to sleep in the same bed when they're old, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, that I will say we got to look at the the Roy. We we've seen the Roy on the Wonder. And I think we actually got to see the Walt as well. It's really nice that second bedroom and the bathroom is actually a huge it's a it's as big as the master bathroom or close to it, if not quite as big. Um, so it's a huge bathroom. And that room is actually quite the second bedroom. The kids room is quite big. It's got like, as you said, two full size beds. Plus, it then has two bunk beds above those beds as well. So you could easily if you are a family with four 
children, you know, a couple, maybe a little bit younger than your kids, um, you could easily sail in that room with six or I think they fit actually seven people in those. So there's, there's actually a Murphy bed in what I call the library room on that ship that's a queen. And on the Magic, the couch is still a bed too. Oh, so you could put like eight people in the Wonder and maybe nine in the Magic is yes. what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. It, it, yeah. But the Magic's in dry dock right now. So we're curious if the Royal Suite changes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, because they're probably going to be replacing the bed, the master bed, as I understand, and you know better than than us on this, Chris, but as I understand it, the Wonder in the Royal Suites has king-size bed in the Master, but yes, the Magic still has the Queen from the original the original Queens uh, in their Master. Yes, correct. Okay. So probably, well, I'm saying hopefully. probably, but hopefully for those who stay in the in the Walter the Roy Suite on the Magic, hopefully there will be king-size beds in that Master bedroom <laughs> after Dry Dock. We'll see. So Chris, I want to take us off Disney Cruise Line for a second or at least want to introduce another cruise line into the discussion here, celebrity. So let me ask, if you had your choice between the same itinerary and doing a royal suite on Disney Cruise Line or a suite of your choosing on Celebrity Cruise Line or like the one I think you sailed was the iconic suite maybe on, on yes, Celebrity? iconic, yes. Yeah, which which one would you choose? Probably Celebrity. And what? just for- and just for the, and we're Disney diehard fans. We love Disney, but just the fact on the celebrity, on a seven night celebrity sailing, we ate dinner at a different restaurant every night and did not eat at all the restaurants. That was just a game changer. It's like, you know, so disappointed the wish didn't have a third specialty restaurant. That's something we've talked about. I, I, I don't think we're going to see a different specialty restaurant on the treasure. I think now if we, you know, until the, the global dream is running out of Singapore, we're not going to see any kind of different offering as far as, you know, fine dining restaurants. We, we were talking to Chef Fabrice on the, uh, on the Wish in Enchante, and we were told by him that the concept for Apollo and Enchante is is identical on the Disney treasure. So I get for those of us who like the concept, that's great, but it just means there's nothing new coming. You know, what does chef have that's new? We like to talk about from Remy, but um, from Ratatouille, Uh, nothing apparently, at least not yet. (laughs) Yeah. I think Disney on the wish, I was really hoping there'd be a concierge restaurant, not just the little hot foods they make, those little plates or whatever. I wish they would have had a complete restaurant. That was a rumor at one time, I remember. And celebrity has that for their retreat status, which the same as kind of concierge and it was kind of a nice option to, for dinner also. Well, let me let me ask this question, Chris, because you sail concierge pretty much exclusively um, and on suites on the other ships. Do you think that Disney's concierge is losing its competitive edge? Because, you know, look, I thought that the lounge on the Wish was lovely. The experience that we had on lounges on board the other Disney ships, at least, was much more personal, personable, I guess maybe is the way the word I'm looking for. Lots of more interaction with the host felt intimate. This felt to me more like, you know, a really, really, really nice airport lounge, uh, you know, with all the necessary amenities and even some you didn't need. But I wonder if the direction Disney's heading, you know, increasing the amount of concierge, not necessarily increasing correspondingly the benefits of concierge. And then looking at some of the other lines out there that cost, I don't want to say a fraction of, but well below what Disney charges for concierge, who seem to offer more benefits to 
to sort of those sweet class sailors. And I'm just curious, do you think Disney's at a point where they need to step up their game, that they're losing their competitive edge a bit? I think they do. I think they should cap at 50 concierge rooms. I think 80 is just too many on the wish. You know, 44 and 46 on some of the other ships, it's it's a lot more intimate experience. The lounges are smaller, which kind of forces you to, you talk to more people, it seems like, and this. I don't know. I've just always had a better experience than all the other lounges. You know, I love the hosts on our last sailing. Um, G and Mariana are ones I've had multiple times. We love them. They're great. But yeah, it's very, you know, not as personable, I think. And it's just, it's, it's lacking something. I, I agree. And I, I think one of the, the things I noticed on the other ships too, not just the interaction with the concierge hosts, but actually the interactions with other cruisers too. I feel like the way the, the lounge is sort of set up on the, at least on the magic and the wonder, we haven't been in the dream and the fantasy. I felt like I did actually end up getting to know other cruisers. Now, of course, we were sailing with some other friends and we know you. And so whenever we'd see you in the lounge, of course, we were chit-chatting and and chatting with the hosts as well. We only, of the ones that were on with us, of the five hosts, we had only known G before. We didn't know the others, but they were they were lovely. But yeah, we just didn't have nearly as much interaction with other people. And I wonder if that has something to do with the physical layout of the lounge, but also the the fact that there are so many more concierge uh, sailors on the wish. I, I think it is because you you know when there's only forty five rooms, you you start recognizing the faces. Oh, you know, hey, how you, you guys have a good day today? And especially like on a European sailing or something. This one, it's like every time I went in there, it's like people I've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask a let me ask a follow up question here, Chris. About um, so we mentioned earlier in the show the price increase for the cabanas. I think this is a place where Disney is really falling well behind the competition in terms of the offering. Now, now, at the same time, I recognize those cabanas sell out. Every sailing are impossible to get. But I will say that this more recent price increase felt like just a blatant money grab with <laughs> nothing additional added on. But I don't know what your reaction was. So, I mean, I, yeah, they waited too long. I think they show you know, $50 two years ago, $50 last year. This would do this huge jump on Royal Caribbean. On perfect day, the cabanas there start at least a thousand bucks, and the over the water cabana when we got one was seventeen hundred, and we had a cruise booked for June. We doing Alaska instead of the cruise. This cruise, but the over the water cabana was thirty seven hundred dollars for that cruise. We're actually going to Scottsdale and staying at a Westin this weekend, and this place has I think twenty four cabanas, and the cheapest cabana is seven hundred seven hundred eighty dollars. So with with the tax and everything. So it makes Disney's not so bad. But does it include waiter service of with food um, instead of just wait, waiter service for drinks? So it does include waiter service with food, but it's uh, half the size of a Disney cabana. And you you know, no deck. You have two lounge chairs in front of a little tent thing, basically, right? So it's like, I, and the price just went up on that too, because we've booked them quite often. They're usually about 450 to 550 depending on the time of the year. And it'll 780 with tax and gratuity. So it sounds like the market for cabanas has just increased in general and that you know while it is probably a bit of a cash grab it sounds like the impression is it's it's on par with other cabanas you know in similar markets i i think it is i think they just should have just done small increments instead of this huge chunk it would have gone over better yeah but this at the same time i guess where i fault them both with the concierge offering and the cabana price increase and this sort of stuff is you're not you're not like so they added the pre-show seating benefit okay great The other cruise lines are offering that plus a whole lot more at a price point that's lower. And maybe they make up for it on the back end with the price of their cabanas. But those things also offer more benefits than what Disney offers. And so where I I struggle is 
the price point on Disney is already high just to sail, regardless of your concierge. Then if you want the extra experience, well, the extra experience of concierge was the service. Well, on the Wish, the service doesn't, you know, it's it's great service. I do not fault any of those concierge hosts, but they need like twice as many of them in order to replicate the kind of experience you could get on the other ships. So I'm, I'm really struggling now with kind of the price point of concierge on Disney Cruise Line because it sounds like I could sail and get all those benefits for a lot less and more. So, yeah. Well, yeah, on Celebrity, the upper suites all have, you know, a butler. They, you know, so I didn't even hardly ever go to the concierge lounge on the Celebrity ship because I had this person at my door anytime I needed them to get me whatever I wanted. And in fact, Celebrity just called me last week for Alaska sailing to go over, you know, what alcohol we want in the room, what bottle of wine, what bottle of hard alcohol, what else we want in the refrigerator. And this is all included, you know, so it's like, they, you know, they offer a lot more. And they're calling you. You're not having to, to send an email at, you know, well, not midnight on the East Coast or on the West Coast, but at 9 p.m. at the 130 day booking window telling them exactly what you want, right? Exactly. And they, one thing I wished, I wish they would call you sooner. So celebrities kind of 30 to 40 days out, they call you. And that's your first contact with what I want to call their shoreside concierge. They call it the retreat host. You can call them ahead of time if you have a question or something. I did four or five months ago for something, but they wait to about a month before they're sailing. They reach out to you and kind of go over your itinerary, any kind of dining plans you want and go over all that stuff. And so on the celebrity ship, we have, I think it's called a Royal Suite and then a connecting room next door, which is another kind of suite. I, I don't remember what it is. I apologize. Compared to last year on the Wonder in Alaska, it's about half price. For the, we had the Royal Suite last year in Alaska on the Wonder. So I think we have about twice the square footage for about, it might have been a little more than half price, but it's basically half. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I I think Disney needs to up their game, especially if they're going to keep introducing more and more inventory into the product. I don't know how they, they don't hit a price wall at some point, but so far they haven't. So anyway. <laughs> Chris, we super appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts on the the Tower Suite and concierge more generally across the fleet and love following you across all your different fun sailings out there. You want to let folks know how they can follow you as well? So I'm just basically on Twitter and it's Chris and Concierge Lounge. <laughs> Short and simple, but we love following Chris. So uh, head over and follow him on, uh, on Twitter. It's a great uh, account to follow. And Chris, thanks so much for coming on and sharing all your thoughts. Well, thanks for having me again, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. 
All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night.